Reader Mail. Number five. And a little bit of number four. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast, or I guess a reader mail podcast in these particular instances. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you guys what is mostly reader mail five with a little bit of reader mail four thrown in. So a preface for all of those that uh, are just now tuning in for the first time. We are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast where you can find every episode we air on Mondays at 12 noon Central Time and 10 a.m. PST. And uh, we have Twitter links, Patreon links, Discord links in the Twitter, Twitter below, the description below. <laughs> and always follow us on there. Jump in our Discord for some casual chats and some memes that we like to, I don't say we, but more so the 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 hive mind that is our Discord likes to put. <laughs> it's not controllable at this point. Yeah. But they're pretty good. Um, but this is our reader mail. Well, we ask you guys every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Friday, Friday on Twitter and Facebook to ask us a question. And uh, if you ask us a question on our YouTube comments, we will heart your uh, question, and that means it's going to get answered on the show. So never be scared to ask us a question there. However, you guys may notice there was an absence of reader mail episode four. This is reader mail episode five with some four. So okay. this is what we're going to have to figure out. Yeah, two things were out of two things happened. One was out of our control. One was not. The reader mail episode last time we had to re-record twice within one day, and it already felt disingenuous. Not for really. For the first third or so. Yeah, for the first third or so, because we were re-answering questions that we had just answered an hour prior. However, we recorded it. We thought all was good and well. It was going to be good, and then audio issues arose and it made it you couldn't listen to it it was terrible if you audio. heard my shoulder i hope it sounded delicious but um, it, it sounded terrible there was audio cuts and chops and it just didn't it's not our standard obviously so we didn't well, not even it. that literally i would if it was just somewhat bad but it was listenable this I was not put it up. yeah this was not in like listenable this yeah, was, this not was beyond that so yeah. Like you said, yeah, we're gonna go through and do as much as we can, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna pick up the reader mail four ones that we can do. Part of the way that we do things around here, it's just we're, we're cursed. Saw ended up not we, we saving not the Twitter ones. Um, okay, well, no, so the reader no, mail's cursed. What reader happens cursed. if you guys ever see me on my laptop during reader mail? Chances are I am copy and pasting a question from Twitter or YouTube into a Word page document or Word pad document, which I need to open up now. And I am saving that for next, uh, or I'm saving that in case of any issues of it not posting. And that is one of the biggest problems that we have. And it's happened what now? Three reader mills? Yeah, not of the, not in necessarily the new format. That was the first of the new format that got screwed up. But you know, it is what it is. This show is a little different. I mean, it's the way lax. we end up doing things. It's it's just odd. A lot of it seems to be happening because we've not had the time due to just schedule constraints to actually record these right when we originally intended to when switching over to this format, which was to do the reader mail recording uh, right after we get through recording the episode. Um, and if that would have been the case, the episode obviously ended up fine, so we would have been okay there. But we also recorded episodes early and stuff. But that's okay. This isn't y'all just listening to us blabber on about the problems we've had with reader mail. This is about answering the questions y'all have given us. So we're going to start that off and with a sadness. Uh, well, oh yeah, go on with your sadness. I just look file. Never mind, it's not here. Open. Hold on. 
where it said RM4, then I clicked on it and it said something about not savable to path. Uh-oh. What does that mean? I don't know, Saul. But while you figure that maybe out, maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe you're what? I'm hallucinating things. Maybe, possibly. It was my fault, though. This time I'm going to save it. I have literally, here's how they're titled. I'm so inconsistent with titling. Episode one is just in case, LOL. Episode two is EP, no, RM2 for Reader Mail 2. Episode three is EP3. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure Reader Mail 4 was RM4. Is, is, and I'm still kind of, it's not there. That's okay. We got questions. Why don't Here you start us off on Facebook? Yeah, okay. So start us off with last a week's. lot of these, because we're going to go with them. We're going to go, I'm going to go from episode four so I can scroll up through this. Yeah. So a lot of these are going to be quick fire questions from mostly Kiki and Vincent. Uh, so we're going to knock these out real quick that are fun. That's uh, their favorite type of question. What are your must-have snacks and drinks when you know you're going to have a long gaming session? Mine are Doritos, sour cream, and orange soda. I'm a big fan of orange soda. I think that orange soda specifically... Sour cream and orange soda? Yeah. I I don't get it. Doritos and sour cream. Okay. And then an orange soda to drink with it. But you gotcha. know, I, I love Kiki orange was soda, mixing up some stuff. But I pretty much exclusively drink orange soda when I'm eating pizza. I was about to say the same thing, and I don't get what it is. But orange soda and pizza had this link in my mind. That I, just, I can't. It's it's because Pizza Hut, right? I don't know, honestly. I see. I grew up getting Pizza Hut on Friday nights at mom's, and it has to be orange crush. That's like my other thing. That's what that's Pepsi. And that's what yeah I, Pizza Hut has. Yeah, you leave me alone with that Fanta. I don't want no orange. Nobody, Fanta. Who likes Fanta? Uh, I don't know. Somebody, apparently. I mean, you can't have years and years of don't you want to want a Fanta if people don't actually like your product. I mean, I'm talking about orange Fanta, though. Yeah, okay, fair enough then. I don't know. but Grape Fanta is actually my have, favorite grape soda. There's so many. Which and I pineapple think all Fanta. Them. And then the, what is a red Fanta? Whatever that one is, is really tasty. Strawberry Fanta. Strawberry, that's, I think. That's my favorite. But I don't know grape I'm not a big Fanta, Fanta person, but Orange Crush is where it's at. Yeah. It's all that matters. I think I'm going to get an Orange Crush and all of my pizza that we get from here when we get done here. Well, I kind of want pizza, but I'm on this weird thing of like, I don't trust it ever since that sickness. <laughs> I don't trust Domino's. I, it's it's going to take me a really, really long time to open back up to Domino's. Uh, but anyway, to go back to what we eat, um, you saw for the most part, I, me and Saul have said this before, I think we don't tend to eat while we're gaming. We tend to eat before or after we game. The one exclusion of that is every now and then if I'm just, if it strikes me in the right mood, I'll get a bowl of cereal. Which so, is like impossible to eat when you're gaming. Yeah, so it's really me setting the controller down, keeping the headset on if I'm talking with somebody, if I'm actually on an online game, or just setting my controller down for a few minutes, scarfing down a quick bowl of cereal, and then going back to playing the game. See, you should do the thing I've always told you to do, which is cereal in a cup. Well, you just drink it? You just drink it. You, it's the same thing without a spoon. I mean, I guess, but you'd have to adjust the milk quantity. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, because otherwise you'd end up with too little of milk or too much milk, no, depending just, on how you... you, do the, you here's the measurement I do for milk. I pour the cereal in the bowl, and I put enough milk that I can see it, but there's still some cereal on top. I do the same thing for the cup. It's the same thing. Uh, well, let's try that. I don't know. We'll see. Because I'm the, not saying you're wrong, so I'm just saying I got to try it. Do that with Lucky Charms can... and thank me later. Or take some Lucky Charms and throw it into a blender with some vanilla ice cream, and you got yourself a good milkshake. That also sounds pretty good. I don't normally get Lucky Charms, or I do like them. You got to uh, puree the Lucky Charms. You got to pulse it a couple times, too, because then you got the marshmallows real nice and finely grinded. Mm-hmm. So then I'll turn a little pebbles in your ice cream. Well, you heard it here. Probably not first, but you heard it here. I'm pretty sure try Burger, that out. Burger King did that. But uh, Yeah, Burger King did a 
series of like cereal milkshakes. cereal milkshakes that were all pretty good though actually i, I had heard the, the fruit loops one was really good yeah and i also had the cinnamon toast crunch one and that one was surprisingly good as well oddly enough all three of these cinnamon toast crunch and lucky charms and uh um apple apple jacks no fruit loops <laughs> Oddly enough, all of these are cereals you can eat dry. They taste just just fine. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I think most cereal tastes pretty good, just fine. But raisin bran. There's definitely some raisin brans awful with. Milk I love in raisin bran. But you're saying that's like bad without milk. In it? Yeah, who's gonna eat dry raisins and like? No, you gotta let, the, let them soak a little bit. <laughs> but for me, you also I, like soggy cereal. A little bit, yeah. Well, raisin bran I actually prefer to be crunchy. Okay. I don't like raisin bran crunch though because I'm weird. I don't like almonds in my cereal. I don't but, like almonds uh, either. For me, I've said it before, but it's kind of changed. It's even changed since we answered this question on the last time we recorded it, which is crazy. So that kind of shows you how much can change. Um, In two weeks. How, yeah, how our questions and answers could potentially change. But I like Chex Mix a lot for something savory. Okay. Um, then I, have, I get that because the saltiness of a lot of it. Saltiness. There's not a lot of grease left on your hands after eating Chex Mix. Um and it still has that. And you can just component. eat it right out of the bag. Yeah, you can just eat it right out of the bag. Uh, now, however, I will say that um, we got a gift card to Target, and one thing I don't typically buy a lot—I bought in the past, but it's been a long time—is the giant carton of Goldfish crackers, like the thing that's the size of a milk carton. It's like yeah, ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Get one of those. You break. The, you obviously it has like a top, like a like an old traditional milk cart where it has like a spout that you can pop open. You yeah. just you just take that seam and then you break it, so it's just a big square opening. You just hand fist goldfish in your mouth as you eat. That is not an easy cleanup afterwards. <laughs> goldfish doesn't dust your hands that bad. Ah just, man, it's pretty. Just one bad. of those, and you're done. Trust me, I'm. It's not like Doritos bad. Or no, anything, yeah, Doritos but... is like caked on there. Uh, it's like good though. Cheetos is like caked on there. Yeah. All right. Now, that one wasn't a quick fire one, but this one is favorite color combination. Uh, gold and black is pretty up there, but so is blue and black. Black is tends to be a color combination thing for me. Teal and red or teal and purple. Fair enough. If you had to drink one specific pop or juice, these are all from Kiki, just so you all know. And he's a Patreon uh, supporter, so if you'd like to do that, check out that link below. You can yeah. win some cool stuff. And normally get this early when we are not inundated with weddings and There's still going to be a day early, technically. No, tomorrow's Friday. No, tomorrow's Thursday, Saul. Is it really? I'm so screwed Slow up. Slow down. <laughs> Saul so got married. Up. Got a couple days off of work. I mean, you just your whole life has changed. I'm so, okay, Andy, so Andy must have put it down on you. So technically, I still get it a, you still get it a day early. On yeah. Patreon. You'll get it a day early. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, but favorite, favorite. Now, is it favorite soda and juice or or? <laughs> uh, if you had to drink one specific popper juice for the rest of your life, which would it be? Mine would be Sprite is what he said. Kiki. Um, I like Sprite, but it's just crispy water. Sprite is good, though. No, it's good. The, the great thing about Sprite is it's the one thing that you can go to as, when you've not had it for a while. You can go back to it and go, "Oh, this is kind of like this is good." Yeah, it is because it loses its, its crispiness over time. Like well, if, if that's your main drink, the more you drink it, the less because you you become it's the whole like there's no crisp. Well, it, it's it's there, but it's like you become so used to it. It's the same thing is like if you don't drink Coke for a long time, and Coke is you know Coke has got the most burn. Of, uh, I, I hate Coke. I know you do, but you it's you've, only you've, in dire situations. You've at least drank it. Like I had a Coke Zero at my wedding. And this is what I'd say. Like Pepsi, even though people tend to use it as the Coke alternative, I don't think that Pepsi has immediate of a burn as Coke does, in my opinion. It's still there because all colas have it. Yeah. But I think Coke has got the most pronounced one. Where if you go to drink and you've not had a Coke in a while, it's like, whoo, I can feel it in my nose a little bit. But you're right. Sprite's the same way. If you drink those too often, you start to lose that because it's real spicy. You get too used to it. That's all it is. Is that yeah. you know, it's it's 
what do they call it? It's, you know, immunity by... Repetition? You, well, not not that. What is it? By exposure or whatever, where you get you, you, know, you can get over fears and whatnot by just exposing yourself to them to the point where they have no effect on you because they literally don't feel like anything at that point. Uh, like a perfect example of that, and this is moving away from a quick fire answer, but like you know, for a long time, when people like when being around people who drink and being around alcohol was just like super weird me out. Like I don't know, it wasn't even like a weird me out; it just made me uncomfortable in a way that I did not understand because I didn't understand why it was happening. Uh, I just knew I was like, well, I know I don't drink, but why does that put me when other people are drinking? Why does that make me so uncomfortable? Uh, and the way I had to fix that was me and Blaze going to a bar, and even though I didn't drink at the bar, it was just literally going to the bar and being surrounded for a couple of hours each time that we went and to the point where like about three or four times in I got to the point where I also met some friends there that I didn't intend to meet there I just walked in and it's it's weird when you never go to a bar and the first time you ever set foot into a bar literally as soon as you walk in people go Brett and I was like what who knows me here yeah it's very commonplace for people to hang out it ended up being one of those things where because I had good memories tied to it as well too like good experiences around it and I got so used to it being so put around it that now it doesn't bother me and that's good because it used to make me so uncomfortable that I hated it and not even that like it wasn't even I was getting mad at other people I was getting mad at myself because I was like why why am I like this but it's over so you know that's getting there Uh, I don't know man specific pop I'm gonna say Pepsi I don't ever typically get tired of Pepsi. I don't drink pop anymore, so it's really Dr. one of those Pepper, things. But one of those two. Dr. Pepper will always have a place in my heart. So I think it's either going to be Dr. Pepper. I don't drink a lot of sodas anymore, though, so it's really hard. You know what? Dr. Pepper's it. If, I, if it had to be pop, he said our juice, but I'm not a big juice drinker either. Does Sunny D count as juice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a drink. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Sunny D, Sunny D is like the Yoo-Hoo of orange juice yeah you who is disgusting either you know like it, it's not really an orange juice but it's like orange drink i don't understand how people like you who you is good man it's not like once you realize it's not milk and it's like water it's like it, it all of a sudden yeah has it's like, still good though it has a unique flavor i mean it has if, a unique flavor but there's like no creaminess that you just realize that oh there's this would if this was milk it'd be creamy what's weird about it is it doesn't even taste like chocolate milk to me but that's what it everybody in their it, mind equates it to because i guess it's the closest thing you've ever had in a drink that was chocolate it's like well you know what milk. you know what the best chocolate milk is right the one you make at home, which is like Hershey syrup and milk. Uh, no. What? Syrup? No. What do you syrup, use? Syrup chocolate milk is awful. Do you use powder? Yes, oh, Nestle. You're, oh, you're you're just old. Here's the bigger thing. You ever put Nestle on ice cream? I read that. You're going to say Ovaltine. Hold on. <laughs> Ovaltine. Have you ever put Nestle on vanilla ice cream and then just, and this is going to sound weird. It's good both ways. Slowly mixing it into the ice cream to where it becomes like a Nestle chocolate ice cream. That's really good. And then as the ice cream starts to melt when it's i was about a kid Nesquik. quick yeah Nesquik. you keep saying nestle i guess that's the same thing i don't know it's trivia yeah to the but same Nesquik. Thing. you yeah to be fair Nesquik. i can make you a better chocolate milk than that but listen the greatest thing you could do whenever you know when you're a kid and you had those bowls that had a straw that goes down to the bottom so I've that you could drink your those. milk I okay a, i had a fear of those i had a few of those so i, I had a you had a fear of them i had a few of them <laughs> i was always worried that a piece of like soggy cereal was gonna get caught in there i'd be <gasps> sucking down milk and shoot down my throat and i'd die so <laughs> i think you're a rational kid so just um, a little bit. But look, what I would do is I'd get my ice cream, and we were always cheap ice cream. Like, you know, the boxed Briars. ice. No, I'm talking about the oh. boxed ice cream that doesn't even have a brand. It just says vanilla ice cream. No, not even that. A box. Not saying it's a clear box. No, it's a box. I've never seen that before. It is cardboard box, and you unfold the lid. <laughs> Technically, they're all cardboard boxes, except the ones I'm talking about. 
Bluebell's in a cardboard container. That's true, but that's so a you're talking about like a, just a, this, a brown. This looks like a. Where do you buy those at? I have to show you. I guarantee you, you could buy some at Rakoff's when it was open. Yes, we used to get them at County Market when that was open. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm not surprised. That okay, either. so this was super cheap ice cream, and it would just be vanilla. It's like I think the only they they had one that had chocolate in it. Uh, most of them have been replaced by the big plastic tubs that you can get now. See, those are the ones that we had every but, now and then. Yeah, they, this was Blue boxed Bell. ice cream. If you know about boxed ice cream, hit us up. Tell Saul. Saul, next time we go to Walmart, I think they still sell boxed ice cream. I don't I've know if that's true. I've never seen that. But I will show you, if nothing else, on here. Or you can look it up. But look, you'd get that. You pour it out. You get a little bit of Nesquik on it. You slowly kind of churn it into it so it turns chocolatey. And then you kind of eat the ice cream over time. And then the melted ice cream makes chocolate milk that you can just drink when you're done. This is poverty. <laughs> that's it. Is that it? That's that's disgusting. <laughs> look, man, that's clever. Yeah, I've seen that. But yeah, that, look, that's it. You see the vanilla ice cream? <laughs> that's Kirkland's signature. That's uh, Costco. Look, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Is it's boxed ice cream, what and it's just it's weird, but Panda Paul. That's what you do. So that's why it's what? delicious. <laughs> it's from India Mart. India Mart. Okay, I don't know what that is. I don't know either. It's Perry's Look, ice cream. We spent more time on that than I intended to. So let's, let's do it next. This, this is their this is their favorite kind of question. What video game made you cry a lot throughout the adventure? Kingdom Hearts three for him is what Kiki said. I don't think I have one for this one. Not I, a lot through the adventure. I don't tend to cry during video games. I have cried at video games, but a lot it's hard to say. I tend to be more just emotionally invested in the moment whether that ends up being a tear or not even sad movies it's very rare that a movie just gets me throughout the whole movie or anything like that i, don't, I can't even think of very many so I'm, I, I don't know kingdom hearts 3 is a good candidate and i think the original near does a good job in a lot of ways so i mean those are games that i would say have made me at least well up near automata near kingdom i mean hearts those games, games. made me well up, but not during it's only been after and that may even be just because of the sweet like but it's over. It's like the bittersweet. It's gone. No spoilers, but I'm not going to say there ain't nothing sweet about one of those. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, let's see. Kiki asks, does pineapple belong on pizza or not? Nope. I've never had it, so I'm not really going to weigh in, but I'm just going to say I wouldn't. I'm not going to try it unless it's free and it's there. You've never had Hawaiian pizza? Nope. It's not good to me. But there's two reasons. And that's it's with Canadian, Canadian bacon. bacon and pineapple. I love Canadian bacon. Both of which I don't like. I love Canadian bacon. I, I don't care for Canadian bacon. Love it. Um, I don't hate it though. It's okay if it's on like a meat lover pizza. That's what I typically get it on though. But if you just like get, you get I like know, the five meat. Hold on. Treat. Have you ever seen the people that get just a Canadian bacon pizza though? That's disgusting. I, no, I don't. I don't. It's not that. something that works well on its own. It's ham. It's like having ham it's and bread fancy, with no it's cheese. It's fancy ham. I mean, it's ham. It's well, no, just curd. It's, no, it's actually from a specific part of the pig. Is it? Is it really? Yeah, I looked it up. Is like, all of it the same? I was like, what makes Canadian bacon? And they actually, you can go look it up. I, I think it's a specific cut, like where they cut it at. Probably like the thigh or something. I think it's around the neck. So it's something that has a little bit more richness and flavor to it. It's Canadian of people to do to a pig. <laughs> all right, let's see. What was the first job or jobs you guys ever had? Kiki said his was GameStop and Starbucks. Well, that's very similar. My first job was Lightning game. Well, actually, I'm sorry. My first stop was a, my first job was a dishwasher at La Coretta Mexican restaurant from which I very quickly became a bus boy from which I very quickly became a waiter. And then that was the, what I was the rest of my tenure there. Uh, but like a week after I started uh, La Coretta, I walked into GameStop and the current manager at the time, cause I went there all the time, dang there every day, whenever we used to skateboard all Talk the time. About Jeremy. Jeremy. Like the, yeah. Uh, and he just walked in and I told him I got a job. He's like, I didn't know you were working. He's like, 
you want a job here? And literally that day he hired me. I didn't do an interview or anything. So it was kind of cool. Uh, and I just worked those out. So, but Saul, what was yours? I worked in a family owned arcade that's still in our mall. You worked at Silver Bowl? I said that last time. And you, and you're very surprised at who owned them. Do you not remember this? The people that live down there that you don't like own them. That I don't like. They live down that way. But why don't Five I? Five houses that way. Five houses that way. Five houses that way? Five houses that way. I have to talk to you again after this. I don't remember. I'll just type it in right here. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, got to get that. Uh... It's not five houses, but. It's like four houses, six houses. They like still that. own that? Yes. They own that and the golf center. In the, in... You know, I deal with him at work. Do you really? His dad. Oh, yeah, because well, I'm not going to say personal things, but yeah. yeah, where he works. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. They they, uh, they they bought it from the um, family that did own it way back when. And do you remember when that particular person was going there a lot to play a particular dancing game? Yep. That's when they bought it. <laughs> I, like, I like how vague this is. I, I just, I mean, he's still, like, considered a friend of mine. So I, I, don't, even, like, I don't even mean the name. I just mean, like, the way you did. Like, you're, like, a specific family-owned uh, I just don't want to out his place. personal information out there if he ever happens to watch the show. Yeah, we'll see. I, he knows, knows who he is, and he knows he's my bear. What would your dream vacation consist of, Saul? New Zealand. Me and Annie were just talking about this. That's a sweet one. And we literally looked at pictures while we were uh, in our hotel in Dallas, and was like, New Zealand looks dope. Australia and New Zealand are both pretty awesome to me because they Not have... Not Australia. Hold on. The reasoning behind both of them. New Zealand is just naturally gorgeous, obviously. You see it in all sorts of movies. They use it for fantasy movies a lot Lord because Rings. it literally looks like something that you'd expect from a fantasy world. You know, it's it's almost too lush and green. And what's your excuse for Australia with their deadly bugs? Okay, the reason for Australia, and you know how much I don't care for spiders. Yeah. I would go as far as to say hate spiders. And you know the things we see. But look, what are those spiders here's the called? thing, dude. Marsupials in general... And all of the weird life that took place over that essentially grew into Australia while it was separated from the rest of the, you know, the continents. It's so crazy to me how weird their stuff is in comparison to ours. Don't even. Don't even, Saw. I don't need to see this. No, you need to see this because this is what you're going to. Look at this. Look, I want to. For those that are watching, just go look up. This video is laggy. So it's like. But go look up. Huntsman Spider sneaks in a trunk of car. Boop. Now it's in your car. Mm. Look at how big that thing is. It's the size of a bulb of a tail light, and it just squeezed into that car. Uh, yeah, I don't, they're I don't very know. they're. But I know what Josh is going to say because he's going to correct me about this. I know they're very. They're not venomous. They're typically friendly in the house. You typically want one or two around the house. It, it's area. like the Australian wolf spider. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Even though I've been chased by a wolf spider before, I don't think they're that friendly. <laughs> I really don't. Like that, that scared me as a kid. While we're on the topic of spiders, I just got to say this real quick. Jumping spiders can go straight to hell. That's a wolf spider. Wolf spiders jump, but what I'm talking about, they don't jump in the same way. Have you ever seen well, the little bitty black spiders with the big bump eyes or whatever? The people tend to use them as a meme to be like, oh, look at me. It's like oh, yeah. Sad. The cute anyway, ones. dude, those things can jump so far. At the house out in the country that we used to stay at, when we first moved in and we were doing all the renovation work, there was a spider that... There was multiples of those, right? They were all over the place. One was in the windowsill of a big window, about the same size as this window back here behind this, right? I went to swing my shoe at it to hit it while we were working because I was like, nah, I don't care this spider. And I swung my shoe at it and it jumped to the entire other side of the windowsill, which was like, again, three feet. Mm-mm. effortlessly nope. and i was like i don't want spiders like that in my house nope yep i don't uh, me neither and that was enough to scare me uh, eternally uh saw toilet paper over or under over over that's if the you only are anything answer. but 
I still love you, but you're a very odd person. Every, even though every now and then I go in Brett's bathroom and that's under. So I have explained that. I know you, you explained I, on an episode that uh, didn't air. Yeah, but listen, it's mainly because Kyrie takes the toilet paper off every time she goes to use it, and then she just puts it on however it's going to go on. Yeah, you need to teach your daughter better. <laughs> I will work on that. So at your request, I will work on She's that. She's living like an animal. And the other reason that it tends to get fixed most of the time is that ever since we've done this back here. I pretty much exclusively use this bathroom. I don't blame you. It's like your own personal bathroom. Yeah, it is. So anyway, let's see. Did you guys have a MySpace slash my? Uh, uh, did you have a MySpace name? He says, excuse me. His was Kiki Carnivore. Mine was Saul Eats Airplanes. I did not have one. I was just Brett because um, I'm not a loser. Yeah, it was a dark time. <laughs> it was a that, that was see. I think what it is is that both of y'all were far more seen than I ever was. I wonder. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's what it came down to. Saul, do you have? I know you posted your little glow up picture or whatever, which is pretty, pretty good height. But I mean, do you have you at your scene height, like a picture? Yeah, like when my hair straightened. Yeah. Now Kiki was still far more. Kiki was into that. Yeah, I was more casual scene. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even really that scene, to be honest. It was just a hair straight. I was more the metalhead kid. I wore a bunch of, you know, like I wore loose jeans and had, oh, it's, it's weird how much I cringe on it now, but like, uh, I, I had the wallet chain that was like skull leaks that went all the way back to a little belt loop thing. And I wore the studded belts that were like, I don't know. See, I didn't was, even wear studded belts. Now it's like a very, like. That was, that became very seen, but first of all, it wasn't. You know, I don't know. It's very interesting. I used to wear essentially Slipknot shirts like crazy and baggy I mean, I still clothes. Wore, see, that's that's where mine was like different. Is that like my scene stuff was like I had a range of Slipknot, Disturbed, which Seth stole half my. Disturbed which that's curves. not seen. I want to be clear that that's just no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. It's very mixed. You're pulling yourself in, but you did have like your a day to remember. Um, I did have a day to remember shirt. But see, that's the shirt. thing is, I had a day to remember. I had Blink One Eight Two. I had Skillet. I had all kinds of different bands. To be fair, I had all those two. Yeah, at, eventually, my earliest days of being the metalhead were like in seventh and eighth grade. And then whenever I got into high school, I started wearing other shirts. Oh, it's going to want me to confirm an email uh, address. I don't have As anymore. in, again, no uh, no shame. Like I always say, I have no shame. Uh, and I still have no shame because I love them. I had a Creed Full Circle shirt that I would wear often. Very good band. Very good album. Love it. All right, Saul. If Pop came out with Final Fantasy figures, which ones would you specifically like to see? For him, he would like to see all of the summons. I love it. <laughs> Uh, the summons are a great answer. I'm probably going to go with that or uh, Zach I, Fair. I said this last time, but I'm glad that I actually remember it, even though I, I part of the reason I liked doing this again was not remembering exactly what the answers were. Um, but I would like to see them do something that they would not do. Uh, but a, a series of the summons where it's every summon that's ever existed in the franchise in terms of... But what they do is that they take one design from each game. So you'll have like... Uh, Final Fantasy One Retro Summon, Final Fantasy Two would be remade summon. Well, I don't even mean like that. So you wouldn't have like uh, Bahamut. You wouldn't have Bahamut throughout the whole series. What you'd have is that you'd have Bahamut, Shiva, and all the all the summons. But essentially, what you'd be doing is that you'd say, okay, well, I'm going to pull Shiva from Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, I see what I'm you're gonna saying. I'm going to pull Bahamut from Final Fantasy Eight. Right. I'll pull. Uh, I can't. Uh, I'm blanking Ifrit on that. Ifrit 10. from yeah, yeah, exactly. Though. That's what I mean. Is that essentially you pull them out that way. Speaking of which, we got to like the parts of the the raids in Final <sighs> Fantasy 14, in which you're you pretty much get to the end of the raid. You're fighting old Final Fantasy bosses. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I did not awesome. know that was in the game at all up until we saw the boss for Final Fantasy three, and I'm like, that's pretty dope. 
Because that I, was I saw last time I saw him. He looked like a 3ds or I uh, know a DS model. <laughs> I would also take an emo cloud pop. I like those a lot. Actually, why is there not an emo cloud pop from Kingdom Hearts? I just want Zach Fair and all the summons. I'll take all the summons. Yeah, I really Zach Fair is a good really too. Good idea. So, what would you do for Klondike Bar? Nothing, because those are disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, we learned this last time. Saul apparently thinks Klondike bars are disgusting. Are. I it's don't thin, think that they're cheap, delicious. Nasty chocolate that doesn't have a taste to it. Now, what I will say is there is a way that you could get me to eat a Klondike bar, and that is the Reese's ones. They have Reese's Klondike bars. They do. It's still like the, the same, same thing. thin, shitty chocolate, but the inside has like Reese's in it. So it's better. Well, hold on, like Reese's like, is it ice cream that's like brown and all flavored to be vanilla Reese's, or is it vanilla with Reese's chunks? Reese's chunks. Now that you, yeah. you got me there. Tell you how you fix that. You make the chocolate on the top and the bottom Oreo chocolate. Bam. You smell Klondike. K L O N. That's what it is. Okay, I was like, I was like, I can't spell. I was trying to do C, but yeah, they are really, really good. See, that's what they look like. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But normal Klondike bars are disgusting. I don't know what I would do for a Klondike bar, but I'll tell you right now, I would do some stuff. Some stuff. I'll do anything for right now Sonic for some Blast. I mean, it's for some ice cream. Oh, yeah. Some side blasts are good. Very but good. What's weird is I get really tired of the Oreo one, which is my go-to. Because out of Oreos and, P- and Butterfingers, I like Butterfingers more. Okay. But do you know how hard it is to get Butterfingers out of your teeth? Like yes. When, like when they're like stuck to your molars back yeah. there. Yeah. When they're cold, it's the worst. But have that's my you favorite tried, blast. Have you tried doing a blast where you add in a second flavor? So like Butterfingers and Oreos? Mm-hmm. No. Um, well, it. I mean, not, not with Butterfingers. I've done it with Oreos and M&M's. That sounds pretty good too. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty. The good. The problem with M and M's is that they get rock hard. It depends. Except for depends on where you go. Because at McFlurry, they for some reason, at least yeah. here, they're yeah. never frozen. It's very odd. I don't get it. I magic. Don't, the room temperature M and M's put into that or what? But I don't know. It's good, but it's magic. Um, but no, my favorite, my go-to recently because I'm normally Oreos or Reese's, and I just started getting Oreos and Reese's together and been like, yeah, this is good. Works out. So, have you guys ever snapped into a Slim Jim? Kiki asked. I like Slim Jims. I, they're okay. I'm not really I mean, a well, big beef jerky fan, and even Slim Jim's not really beef jerky, even though it's like it's trying to imitate. I, beef I like jerky the Jack Link's version of a Slim Jim. It's like it's the same thing, but like it tastes better. Well, and it's it seems a little more actually kind of mimicking to beef jerky. It's, it's a little more substance. Slim Jim's like not really. It just tastes better than a Slim Jim. Maybe and maybe thing. I'm thinking of the wrong thing, but. Have you ever seen, this is going to be worse, have you ever seen people do the Slim Jim or whatever beef jerky that's essentially like in a skull-style can that you like pull out and dip? It's like a powder. Those are good. They taste good. They feel disgusting. They, it does feel nasty. Like It feels like you're chewing dust, but that, oh. that, that's the best tasting they, beef. But they really do taste good. That's the best tasting beef jerky substitute there is, by, by far. Like If you don't have beef jerky, that's the best thing to go to. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. They do taste good. They just... And they look so dumb. Yeah, they do. I don't know they, why. They that... almost seem like they're entirely marketed to people in the South who spit. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, right. hey, I almost wonder if people who spit in the South use that as a way to get off of spit. Like, So if they if they do chewing tobacco, they use that to get off of chewing Boy, tobacco. Boy, that, that'd be interesting. Yeah. All right, let's see. Liquid <clears throat> body wash or bar of soap? Liquid body wash. Bar Same. soap dries me out. And partially because I'm lazy and I just use whatever body wash my wife buys. Yeah, and I use... Uh, <laughs> dang, I forgot the name of it, but it's a black pepper body wash that's really good. It's also... Um, well, I used to I used to worry I was going to smell like a girl, but I didn't care. There was this Caress brown sugar or something. I hate Caress. That, that, it's like I'm allergic to it It smells delicious, though. Right now, we're using this thing. 
um, that I'm really liking, and it's lime. I don't remember the brand, but it's it's like a lime scented one, and I'm really loving it. And then we went to a hotel room with Hannah whenever she was doing her boardroom thing, and this was the night that I bought my 500 million PS4. Um, but anyway, we I, went to, I took a shower there, and they had this Paul Mitchell stuff that smelled like lime. And I was like, man, this stuff smells amazing. That's what this is. This is literally oh. from our, I, I haven't ordered this. I have another one at home, but this is Molten Brown uh, pre, or pre-charged. Yeah, recharged black pepper. That stuff smelled so good that I took, like, it's complimentary. So I just took the rest of the bottle with me. That's $32 Woo. <laughs> for, I think it's six ounces, like five washes, basically. Not me, man. I go heavy on the body wash. I just... <laughs> no, here it's called Grooming Lounge, and it's our and it's called Grooming Lounge, our best smelling body wash. And it's twenty three dollars, but it is also eleven point five ounces, so it's double the price or double the size for a little cheaper. And that smells really good. My biggest thing is like I want to smell good and I want it to last long, but a lot of people make a mistake of like clashing their scents. Like they'll put on like Axe deodorant and like Old Spice body wash, and they smell like a gym, like a, uh, at a middle school, <laughs> like like a, a weird pull together um, like amalgamation of all the different scents that you smell yeah that's when like, you go to a gym and everybody's working out and you can smell all of their deodorant activated yeah, at the same time and sweat too because axe doesn't do anything for your pits yeah. so like that's why i like using this and i have two deodorants at home if i'm using this uh, or if my skin's really dry i'll use like regular dove body wash <laughs> like not dove men but just the regular like yeah traditional dove scent yeah. and then i'll use a better smelling wash because or Deter- or not detergent deodorant because that doesn't have a smell to it but if i use this i use unscented we're gonna pull into the middle on this question a little bit though if i don't have liquid body wash for whatever reason i will substitute out for the dove bar of soap which isn't actually a, a bar of soap i would go by body wash i it's like use a, bar soap well dove i don't know if you've ever used it, that's what i was getting at is it like the curved bar kind of but it dude it's not like it's it's not a bar of soap it because like okay you know what i hate about a bar of soap I get a catch on you every now and then. You're like, what the hell is this? That oh, doesn't that dude. doesn't happen. And I, and I I don't know. It's it's so different. It doesn't feel like, you know, soap kind of makes you feel like you got a caked up substance see, on you. Mine, mine is like it dries my skin out regardless of what it is. Yeah, see, that's it. And, and the few times I've used a Dove bar, whatever they are, that doesn't happen. See, my biggest I thing. I don't know what the difference is. I genuinely don't. Do you know what Lush is? That weird fragrance store. It's like a weird. Yeah, I, I can't go into it, dude. It's too much. Well, I am really weird about fragrances. They give me headaches and like, it makes me kind of want to throw up sometimes. Dude, I, if me, it's too much. Me, Annie, and Joe went into the one in the Galleria. Yeah, uh, and we bought like there was this really really good smelling bar soap mm-hmm. that we got, and they were like, "Here's a free shower jelly." So I was that like, just "Sounds weird." I was like, "I'll take that." Sure. I got home or like we got home or whatever on Monday. And like, I was like, I haven't showered today. I just, I was driving anyway. So like, I'm going to hop in the shower and use that new soap I got that it would not lather at all. Like, it was like, I was trying to wash with a brick. The shower jelly felt like I had taken jello and tried to wash my body off with it. Did not lather either. Smelt really good on everything I put it to, but that is not soap. Yeah, I agree. If you don't get a lather, it's not soap. Yeah. I got to get it like a real thick lather on me too. Like this sounds weird, but I've only feel clean if I'm like really lathered up. Oh no, reason. dude! That's like uh, I, that's why I say like, I go to town on body wash. Yeah, and then I just like I, I get new louvers all the time and just. Here's the thing: I'll say you use a loofah or washcloth or hands. No, I use I use I want to get a real loofah. No, you don't. But no, you don't. I just want to try one. You don't? No, you don't. I just want to try no, one. Do you have sensitive skin? No. Do you have dried out skin at any time taking a shower? Like if it's cold outside and you get dried out skin, 
Nah, my elbows are about the only thing dry. And you Dude, loofahs will dry you out so bad. They exfoliate your skin. Like, they're rough. I mean, I'm not, so I, I just want to try one. They, they, like a real, and I don't mean even like the stick ones. I mean like the actual, have you ever seen how they're grown? They look like a churro. Kind of. With like a hole in the middle. But yeah, have you ever actually, kind of. have holes actually, in the middle. Actually, you should look at how they're grown. They're like a vegetable that grows on like a vine. Oh, yeah. It's very odd, but. But they're not fun. They're not fun to use. They're hard and abrasive on you. Like, that's what they're one. supposed to be. I'm going to try one. <laughs> Go get you a real one. But my point, no, but I use the little plastic ones or whatever you want to call them. Like, they're just a ball. Yeah. That's, that's what I use when yeah. I take a shower. I don't use washcloths, even though like. There's a debate among people saying that those don't get you clean compared to washcloths. And I'm like, I don't know. Smell my butthole. I beg to differ. <laughs> pretty clean. All right. So PVP or PVE? This is from Vince. It depends. I'm going to say PVE, though, as of late. PVE is a rule for me. Yeah. I was going to say because if it's a game like Final Fantasy 14 or Destiny, I'm playing But it PvP. doesn't mean no PVP I mean, ever. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw some PVP in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vince also asked, saddest death in a video game. <clears throat> Damn, I, I the one what the, I even answered. For this. I hate this answer because I think I remember what I came to last time. I can't talk about them because a lot of them are spoilery. Yeah, I was gonna say now I remember what it is, but it no, is we can go ahead and say it because one of them is spoiled throughout seven. You already know it when you're going in. Zach Fair's death, sad. Talk about in Crisis Core. Yes, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but, that's a great one. And just in case people um, go back to play Crisis Core, that's a big old bomb. more recent ones that I'd want to talk about are too new for me still, so I'm not gonna talk about them. And I think Saul probably knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. He, we already we already technically referenced it once in this episode. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. What is your most recommended RPG? Now, this is Chrono Trigger. A loaded question. So, this is going to encompass all Western and Japanese RPGs, since he didn't say otherwise. Yep. And if I want to say recommended, I fall in two ways. There's recommended because it's the one I like the most. And then there's recommended because it's the one you think that's most to a point where people who aren't necessarily familiar with RPGs may really like. And I think if I'm going to go between the two, I think it's always a really good opportunity uh, to introduce people to RPGs by letting them play games like the Elder Scrolls series, be it Skyrim or Oblivion. I think if we're talking about recent, Skyrim's going to hold up a little bit better, even though I think Oblivion does a lot of things a little more to aid you to be a little bit more fun. Oblivion's got some ridiculousness to it that's kind of fun that they took out of Skyrim. That I wish it was because Oblivion, you could <clears> float <throat> on paintbrushes. That's what I mean. There's a, there's a level of... Skyrim took a... because I, Partially because of that cold snow and like dark sure. color scheme, they went with like that dark element thing. So they really tried to serious up the story and the, and the gameplay mechanics to mirror that. Uh, but I think, I think that's definitely a great one to start off with. I would argue that I think even The Witcher 3 is a pretty good starting point. But... The Witcher 3 is even better if you've played RPGs before than you come into it. It may be a little too daunting if you've never played an RPG. Uh, so there's that. And I think my other Western RPGs that I'll throw out there as uh, Fawn mentioned uh, would be... Um, I did this last time. How is my brain this ridiculous? Nier 2 is what you went to last time. Well, I mean, Nier Automata is definitely one for me, even though it's not... I don't consider that an RPG. I consider that an action game. So I'm steering away from those. Yeah, I guess Now, so. in the traditional RPG, Kingdom of the Amalur uh, is another oh, Western yeah. one that I think is really great. Um, so those are my three that I'd go to there, with the number one being that if I'm going to recommend it because of what I think is the best, The Witcher 3 is probably the best, most recommended Western uh, RPG for me. Skyrim is my most recommended for people who want to get into RPGs. I want to say casual people get into Skyrim or Oblivion. I'm going to say Oblivion first. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that answer. And then... Either. If you're not going to get into that, get into Chrono Trigger. 
Because then that'll open you up to other. And that's your JRPG side, yeah. yeah. And as far as JRPGs go, I actually do think that Chrono Trigger is a pretty good answer, or even Chrono Cross. Yeah, either um, one. I think Chrono Trigger is going to be the one that the the way that that game's handled in the end is really really cool and Fair relies enough. on some really cool stuff that you can do with it. I'm not going to spoil anything. Because I'm trying to think if there's any JRPGs that I consider to be accessible. In an interesting way. What do you mean accessible? Like, do you mean anybody can play it? Because technically, any kind of like you can come into it, and there's not a big learning curve to understand what you're doing. And I don't necessarily. The thing is, sometimes I think we take for granted how much we naturally understand. Nino Cooney, maybe the the yeast series or East, whatever they're called, however you pronounce them, the ones that have Adol Christian. Uh, those are actually pretty, but they're but they're still action oriented. Yeah, a, I was that's say, a, I, I was it's hard say, to if, say. If that's not a if that's. No, considered action. Or they might as well consider near. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the near. That Fair enough. Is. Fair enough. All right, that moves through that one. Um, you know, El Chabib had a question on Twitter that even though you deleted the post for the oh, other one, you can go it. grab yeah, that. So true. go go see that. I definitely want to get that one out to him. <clears throat> and I actually had two, of course. Uh, go find them. It should be March, 6th. February tenth, and onward. Uh, so two weeks after February twenty, yeah. the tenth, and you'll be in the right range. So that would be his two questions. Um, let me move up and find the next one here on Facebook. You said February 10th? Yes. That is right. Okay. I was like, that can't be right. Then I realized that March is missing days. I mean, February is missing days. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. Josh Drago asks, what world would you want Sora and the gang to visit just to see what their keyblades look like? Does... Not have to be a Disney-related world. He would like to see Sora visit God of War world. That would be dope to see Brock and Sindri make a like Nordic-style Keyblade, and that be like where it came from. I think that'd be awesome, <clears throat> and to kind of see them. That would be a cool world for them to visit if we were going to take Kingdom Hearts outside of that and just make it a world. Because it'd be cool to see them and kind of have them involved with the weapon side of things, and it, it could be almost like God of War's own Chip and Dale. Pretty as much, Chip and yeah. Dale respond to the normal Kingdom Hearts universe. Uh, I think for me, God of War is a pretty good one. Um, I'm trying to think of games that have really interesting weapon design so that I could see that go through how that would look. Um, you know what? Just for the fact of wanting to see what a steampunk-ish, uh, a, a steampunk-style keyblade, uh, keyblade would look like, them visiting the Order would be really interesting. Just so I can see what a Nikola Tesla style, you know, how they did in that game with all of the steampunk weaponry. Um, I think that'd be cool. So I'm going to go with that one for me. <clears throat> Honestly. I can't remember what you answered last time, actually. That's good. I'm going to change it to Devil May Cry now. <laughs> with Devil May Cry 5 out. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Uh, Josh Shoup asked, what do you think should be the next big character in Smash Brothers? Honestly, I... I'm I'm still surprised that Goku has not made it in there. To be, would be pretty cool. It'd be interesting because here's the thing: we already know that Joker's coming to Smash, right? Right. But we still don't know that P5 is coming to Switch yet, right? right. So, well, that would and, mean that inevitably Near would be on the Switch. You would think. I think Near. I think. I mean, Near could be on the Switch, as far as I can tell. Hey, I don't think I'd have. I don't think I have trouble <clears> playing either one of them. I mean, just drop it down to maybe even sub 720p just to make sure it runs at 60 frames per second because that's what you'd really want more than anything. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I'd say I want to see 2B is who I would want. I'm just, I'm, honestly, Goku is the, the most surprising thing. 
But up until, and it might actually happen now that there are Dragon Ball Z games on those systems. Because for a while, they weren't really coming out after the Game Boy days, uh, where they had a lot of the Game Boy Dragon Ball Z games. They had them all on all the Nintendo systems. There was Dragon Ball Z games on the DS? I, yes. I genuinely don't remember There's that. There's a Legacy of Goku on game on DS, I'm pretty sure. Or is it Legacy of Boo? No, Kid, Boo's Fury was a Game Boy Advance game. No, no, no that's what I'm thinking of. But um, Or not Legacy of Goku on DS, what is it? Um, Super Sonic Fighters was a GBA game. Yeah. See, I can think of all the Dragon Ball Z games that were on the Game Boy Advance. I can't think of any that were on the Dragon on the uh, DS. There's one. Seth had it. <clears throat> I know there's at least one. Yeah. It's or, no. Is it Budokai or something like that? Some kind of weird 2D fighting game trying to be Attack of the Saiyans. Okay, I definitely don't remember that. But my bad then. Either way, that just lends more credence as to why Goku hasn't been on there yet. So it wasn't Super Sonic Warriors on DS or Super Super Sonic Warriors Two? Okay, yeah, it was. Which is, by the way, if you've never played Super Sonic Warriors One or Two, those are fantastic DBZ fighting games. If you've not played the PSP Budokai Tenkaichi Another Road, also very good game. Uh, if you like that style, if you like the Budokai style games. All right, Josh Shoup also asks, you walk into an ice cream store with all the toppings and flavors you can think of. What do you have? I think we accidentally covered that. We did, yeah. I was like, I was like M&M's and... But hold on. Oreos. It's a little different because when I go to an ice cream shop, like when we actually go out to an ice cream place, which I love doing, uh, like Cold Stone here. I already got my go-to for that. Yeah. Vanilla, I'm, I'm really odd. I, I mean, I get sweet cream ice cream because um, I, I it, it's really good. I think it's a great example of taking the idea of vanilla and just sweetening it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, graham cracker crust, brownie, and uh, what else do I put in there? Oreo. See, I, I'm somewhat slimmer. I get cake batter ice cream with Twix in there with graham cracker crust. The other problem, though, is Twix has a similar problem. Is The caramel gets hard. Yes. Yeah. And it starts to be like, if you don't eat it quick enough, it's like, darn, I can't really eat this. So uh, let's I agree. see. If there was one thing you could change about the world of gaming, what would it be? No, uh, I don't have an answer for that. People being reasonable. I guess that makes sense, yeah. And I, that actually extends to everything to me. I want people to be reasonable more often than not. Uh, and this kind of comes in the light of earlier today, Saul and I in the Discord. Uh, Excuse me. Saul and I and certain members of the Discord were having conversations about uh, Epic pulling back the ability for Nintendo to crossplay with Xbox and uh, PS4, the Switch, on Fortnite. In matchmaking. In matchmaking. Not if you actually go through and get into a party. Yeah, you can still party up. I'm, I'm <clears throat> 99.999. I don't know for sure. sure. I didn't read the whole article. But one of the things we were talking about is that, you know, for me, I just wanted to see were the same group of people that were so, and I don't mean the the, the, the larger group of people who in the Solo wake, crossplay or solo parties only. Okay. So, you know, in the grand scheme of when crossplay became a talking point for PlayStation, the people who were being normal and reasonable and just going, I'd really like to see crossplay. Um, and if it doesn't happen, you know, even the people who were just calmly stating, you know, I'd really like to see crossplay. Everybody else is doing it in the industry. If Sony doesn't do it, this is probably going to be my last PlayStation console. That's a reasonable statement for somebody giving them their reasonable opinion. What I don't think is as reasonable is bombarding Sony on every single post that they had asking where crossplay is and not even giving them a chance to respond before you find another post they did just to do the exact same thing to it. And you see that even outside of aimed at Sony. So that's not because I'm trying to defend Sony in any reason. I don't think that people should be as quickly unreasonable towards Microsoft or even Nintendo in this situation or in these situations. 
That's specifically in the world of gaming, but I'd like to see that extend all the way out from things like politics and everything. I mean, I think all of what I'd like to see in in the world would be that people be more quickly go toward being reasonable and thinking things through before they have such a swift reaction. Be excellent to each other. Dudes. Dudes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for Bill and Ted 3, man. I'm not. That game is going to be terrible. Look, I'm excited because, hold on. I'm excited because I have to think about this. Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber Two was amazing. No, it wasn't. Yes, it no, was. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You, oh, dude, you had trash movie opinions. Uh, you watch more movies than me, so if you want to say that, that's fine. But you know what? Let's see what let's see what the Rotten Tomato says for Dumb and Dumber Two. Oh, sure. Well, hold on. You do mean the sequel that actually has, has Jim? Yeah, okay. Jim Carrey. I was making sure you weren't talking about Dumb and what was Dumber Er. Yeah, which was the prequel. Yeah, it had uh, right Sam and Lloyd, but it had Sam and Lloyd. Sam and Lloyd. No, Lloyd it's not. and uh, why'd you say that? Lloyd and it's Lloyd, but what's what's the other dude's name? His name is Lloyd Christmas, isn't it? Yes, but why are you doing this to me, Harry? Lloyd and Harry. How Harry met Lloyd is what it was. Dumb and Dumber. How Lloyd and how Harry met Lloyd or whatever. This movie came out 2014. We all went to see that together. Me, you, Annie, Blaze, and Hannah. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed it, and so did Blaze. I think Jess did. Well, I mean, it was fun walking out of the theater thinking about it, but now I look back on movies, hot garbage. I disagree, but maybe I need to watch it again. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Woo. 30%. Ah, that's not that bad, actually, man. There's some movies I like to have a way lower Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Look up the new guy. Don't do this to me. Look, I guarantee you, I love that movie. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I love the movie and it's fun to watch. And I'm sure it has a terrible... 7%. <laughs> perfect example. Joe Dirt. I need to know. Tell me. <laughs> hey, the audience at least is 54% on this one. See, look. See, that's what I'm saying, though. Sometimes... I don't agree with Joe Dirt's eleven percent. What is it? Okay, Joe Dirt two is ten percent. Hold on, but this isn't like what is it really? Okay, sixty three percent of average people liked it. That's it's eleven. It's eleven on the critic side. Yeah. Oh, Joe Dirt one. I thought you meant Joe Dirt two. I was like, man, no, that's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, last ones. Let's see. What game had the best first ten minutes in your opinions? That's a little hard because I, I don't know timing exactly. Near Automata. Uh, Near Automata has a pretty strong one just for. Automatopia. I'm going to say for, for game setup and mechanical setup. It yeah. teaches you the everything and shows you, you a lot of cool stuff. And the fact that you literally go through different ga- styles of gameplay all within Yeah, exactly. It, it shows you everything you're going to get in the game. I don't know if it's 10 minutes, but let's just say the opening. Right. Um, so if I'm going to well, go through this. Not counting cutscenes, really. Like, I don't count cutscenes in this question. Okay, then maybe. Well, I don't know. I would because it's still part of the experience of the beginning. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of hard because then, like, The Last of Us, like, what is The Last well, that's of Us? Well, that's what I was going to say. The, like the Last of Us is a, is a good one for me. It's I'm not. just going to say the opening. No, you don't even get out of the house at 10 minutes in. I don't the first cutscene's five minutes long. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying just the opening. I'm going to extend it a little bit. That's okay, then. The near. Yeah, I think both are good answers. I mean, I, near I agree or with The Last near. of Us. Or the Last of Us is a pretty good one. And then another great example. And Bloodborne. even in the first. Uh, yeah. Bloodborne's pretty good in the first. Finding that werewolf and, like, they're not on a body, like, not realizing. Yeah. You technically got to die to this thing. You don't have to. You don't have to, no. But That's just what I want you to. You're likely going to. Um, outside of that, though, um, two other games that come to mind pretty quickly um, is God of War 3, for the most part, because God of War 3 has this epic opening. Even in the first 10 minutes, you're doing some crazy Hold on, stuff. You did this last time. Don't spoil the opening of that game. It's too good because you're like you went on about it. You described exactly what happened. Don't do that. Fine. There's I'm just, just a really cool boss battle in the beginning of that game. It's amazing. 
Well, the whole beginning is amazing. Even from a technical perspective of what yeah. they were able to do on the PS3, that game is still one of the most crazy technical achievements on the PS3 from for what, how early it came out. From what I played on the remaster that you let me borrow back then, it was really good. Yeah, because even the remaster was like, I could see this being a PS4 game, you know? Pretty much, yeah, like an early gen one. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. It, it's a beautiful game. I mean, absolutely. And even it was, even though it was way more maligned, uh, God of War Ascension on PS3 was also beautiful. You can never say that Santa Monica just do not know their way technically around the consoles they're working on. Beautiful games. Uh, let's see. What game has the worst end? Well, this is a complete flip of that. So what game has the worst ending that you've ever seen? For me, it was Detroit because the choices that were made beyond my control. So it's not necessarily the game, but... I got the worst ending. <laughs> the worst one. And I'm not going to spoil it because you actually did spoil it or made me spoil it. I'm not going to do that. Just imagine the worst possible thing that could happen with Marcus. I didn't make you spoil it. I got it. Yes, you did. We, I very lightly You acted it. it out. <laughs> in, the, in the old recording. Okay, well look, that's the saving grace here is I don't get to act it out again. Man, I don't know. This is a really hard question because I think it comes down to I don't continue to play a game if I don't think it's good and it's very rare that a game just goes from... I mean, all media tends to kind of fall in the third act of almost anything. It's pretty common throughout movies and everything um, when you're telling stories. Um, it's hard to think of a game that just completely loses it. I'd almost say that you know, there's games that are like Kingdom Hearts, which pick up all their pace towards the end, because it's the, all the Kingdom Hearts games kind of do that, but Kingdom Hearts three really did that. Um, then I can't think of a game that did the exact opposite, that just went to nothingness. I'm mean, I'm really trying to think of a game that just you played it and you enjoyed all of it until like the very end, and then it just ruined it. I can't really. That's think why Detroit's kind of a cheat thing because that is one in which I played it. I really really enjoyed it, and then the ending, and like literally the last two made, minutes, yeah, like pretty much made me. Like, I still like the game and think, thought it was a fun experience, but like I was really let down by what I had to do or what what happened. <laughs> what you couldn't stop? What I couldn't stop because the two options it gave me were some dumb options. <laughs> I couldn't find the thing in the thing in the snow area thing. If, if you played Detroit, I guess well, that's was enough it snow for you. or was it just rainy? I think it was snow at that point. Okay. I saw Amanda's there. place. Uh, yeah. Essentially, that's what we'll say. Yeah. Because okay. that ain't a spoiler. <clears throat> that's very right. vague. Let's see. That's all of those. Let me scroll up. You want to hit the uh, LTB ones for the time? Sure. Our good buddy LTB over on Twitter. Hey, buddy. He says, with the recent Saw rant about the Witcher's gameplay and other game systems, do you think you could get worried about Cyberpunk would suffer suffer, suffer a similar fate of bloated quest and or control and combat issues? Personally, I dislike the Witcher uh, issues and controls, combat systems, menus, quests, and story. So I... Did we answer this last time? You said the 10th. This is like the 13th. Okay, cool. No, that's it. That's it. I just, I don't remember this question. So we may, we may have missed it last time. No, we had it in there. We, we, we answered it. Uh, so he said, I'm definitely swayed away from cyberpunk. However, it looks more promising, but I am cautious about it. Thoughts. I agree because I did not like the combat in the Witcher three. I thought it was very dull and I thought it was very, I don't know. Just dull fits it really fine for me, I guess. Um, I do. Now, I would just to, for my own clarification, just because I'm curious. Just because you say dull, you don't necessarily mean bad. You just no. essentially mean that it wasn't for anything you, it special. Was, it was serviceable, 
but it doesn't stand out as something that as a reason that you wanted to keep playing the game. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, it was. I would even argue at that point. That's most people would probably agree that the combat was a weak point in, in game. a game like that because everything else is so good from the size of the world, the scope of the world, all the side missions and stuff. Though, did LTB mention actually bloated did side missions in, a, in an episode? Um, yeah, he did mention bloated episode or episodes. side missions, side missions on yeah. The Witcher. I guess I don't agree with that. But Dandelion, I'll bring it back up again. The yeah, whole, and that's we, just I, one of them. I've had conversations about that, but that also wasn't a side mission. That is one of the weirdest parts. Yes, it is. No, is it not? Finding Dandelion's main No, main no, I'm talking story. about the one he gives you to find the girls, and then it ends up not being any of the girls. Yeah, it's still it mainline story. You have to do that. I'm fairly positive. See, I don't remember that being part of mainline. But I, I mean, I, I, that may be the reason all I did it is because I had to. Yeah. But, uh, Which, I mean, maybe it'd be better if you could skip it. I, I mean... That it just has reasonable. bloated quests. So, correction, they're not bloated, bloated quests in general. Quest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that either. I think Saul's example is one thing where I do I, I do see. I don't necessarily know that I agree, but I see what you mean in terms of the running around and it feeling pointless, you know, to an extent, uh, and dandelion quests. But so the, the overall thing is do we think that we'll see similar problems to what he experienced in The Witcher with Cyberpunk? If we do, the thing is, is that I like that design and aesthetic so much in a game that I almost would probably just suffer through it. You'd be able to, to look through more it. Of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Where Witcher has like high fantasy, which is another thing I love immensely, but I couldn't get involved with the characters. I couldn't get involved with the story. I couldn't get involved with the motivation to do any side quest of any kind because I didn't see any progress in it well and if you don't so, like the characters why would you go any further I mean, exactly that, so fair. even if it had buggy or bad choice to mechanics i should say or bugged mechanics i would say yeah i would still probably power through it because i like the what the world is going to be in yeah i think if nothing else it, so you didn't like the characters in the witcher that's going to be an interesting i did not thing. like the i did not but like yennefer i did not like did you at least like i liked your sidekick whoever the, i can't think of his name your sidekick your main sidekick the main guy that travels with you in Witcher 3. But it starts with a B, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Nobody travels with you. Yeah, it does in the beginning of the game. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah, he's like your... Uh, Nobody like forcefully travels with you that I can remember. Yes. He's like, he goes to like the first town with you. Uh, like you may see him. No, I guess I don't consider that to be he traveling with, with you. you. Like he's when like, you're just out and about playing, he's there with you. I mean, yeah, he's he's with you for the Griffin quest. He's with you in the in the pub in which you get attacked. He's with you like he even tells you to go on our separate ways, and then you go do the fetch stuff for the Griffin quest. I want to say that starts with a B. Somehow I don't remember this. Let's see. It's been three and a half years since I've beaten The Witcher three, so. I, I know because I beat it uh, while we were at home waiting to hear if Kyra was going to be able to leave the ICU, uh, right? I, yeah, the NICU. So that was my escape. I thought I didn't just make this character up off the top of my head. I know it. Saul? I hate to tell you this, buddy. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I I know this did not happen. Well, Saul... He's like, he's the one that's teaching Siri. Oh, um... And then he comes with you. And he's like with you all the way up until the Griffin thing. He's not... He is with you all the way until the Griffin thing. He's hiding out in the pub the entire time. You don't know Griffin stuff. But he's not like literally running around with you. That's what keeps getting. He me. did during the Griffin thing. He helped you fight the Griffin. Maybe he helped you fight the Griffin. I don't remember that for sure. Is it? That's not Boromir. I can't remember his name actually. I do know who you're talking about now, now though. So, um, either way, 
I think as far as it goes, I agree with Saul. I hope that those aren't things, but I think there's strengths in other things like world building and, uh, and literally depth and scope of the world. And the fact that I don't think that we've necessarily seen this in a game in the same way. I think the closest thing you could say we may have seen in a game Vesemir. would be De- yeah, would be De- Deus Ex. I hated that game. Uh, yeah, dude. Mankind, Mankind divided. divided. I'll specify that because I actually have played the old DSX, DSX, DSX games on PC. Those I are, did not care for that game those are, at those all. Those are dated. Me and you talked about that. Yeah. I mean, that I've never been so let down by a game that I bought secondhand for, on Facebook for my buddy for thirty dollars. Well, and I didn't you give that to me? <laughs> no, I let you borrow it too because you wanted to try it, and then we just ended up trading it in. I felt like you gave me that game for something, like, and then I, yeah, I gave I it did. back to you, and I'm just like, I don't even want it. <laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, I will say though, his third question is has been answered since we have done this. I almost want to say we made it a talking point in one of the uh, previous episodes, but it was: Do you think backward compatibility would be a major factor uh, fa- factor for console purchasing? Yeah, we've definitely we, talked we've about talked it. about that before, El Chabib. So I am sorry we got to this question a little later than normal, uh, since that technically is somewhat out of date. But that's our fault, not yours. That's still a great question, and uh, you a- ask some of the best questions uh, out of everybody. So. Uh, Gotta step, get your get your uh, mojo up. Match it to El Chabibs because he's asking those good ones. All right, Josh Ayers on Facebook says after the letdown quote is what he put. After this is the, the one letdown, we have on Facebook, right? Huh? This is the one we have on Facebook. Uh, no, this is still from four. Okay. Oh, okay. I was about to start on five, so I'm glad you did that. After the letdown of Anthem, are there any games already dated for this year? And that's particular that. Could be a contender for game of the year or is an unknown game or just an unannounced one. So that's a lot. Here's the thing. Dated games, I'm not sure what would be game of the year contenders. Um, there's a, it's, it's hard to say with the games that are all hitting around this time and the ones that have already come out. I think that there is a somewhat strong argument for RE2, but I just don't, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to me to see a game that's a remake end up winning game of the year, but it's not impossible. I... I have that golden rule that I don't talk about my game of the year, so I can say it. Industry game of the year. But well, like we talked about, some of these are games that have already come out, of course, but for the most of the... We're only in March. I still don't want so to So thinking forward though. to the rest of the year, what would you even think might be? I don't know. Sekiro? Has any of the From Software games ever gotten game of the year? For me? Oh, yeah, but I just mean like... And he's saying game of the year contenders. Have any of them even been nominated? Like, did Bloodborne get nominated I'm for pretty a Blood- sure Bloodborne got nominated a couple I times. I could see that. Or for a couple things. And the thing is, is some games are just, you never know, right? Uh, Monster Hunter World was a, a sneak success, you know? And I played the demo at PSX before it came out and really loved it, uh, along with Ryan and John uh, and, and Blaze. And that was cool. And I, we, we thought it was really fun. And we're like, oh, man, we're going to play that some more when we can. Uh, and of course we did. And that ended up being one of those games where when we were playing through, I was like, man, this is a game of the year contender. You can feel it in every aspect of it. And I don't think anybody thought that beforehand. I don't think anybody knew that was going to be the case. Monster Hunter had always been this underground title uh, that had been played on handhelds and had a really niche community of people that loved them. And it was a pretty big community. They sold well. But I mean, Monster Hunter World's hit new heights. And I... What I mean by that is that essentially you may... I think it's hard to say because I just don't know. I mean, every game can surprise you. I mean, I haven't played DMC5. DMC5 could end up being it. I mean, Capcom could do something again like that. Um, you know, we, we don't know. Days Gone could end up surprising. It doesn't seem like it right now to the, uh, to the extent of Game of the Year contender, but it could end up being something so profoundly good that 
these you know things coming out right now of the previews that are saying it's fun and it's going to be you know it's going to be a solid game but it has a little bit of everything mixed into it who knows man by the time that you're done playing that game and beating everything on it it could end up being a game of the year contender i don't know because sometimes i don't agree with game of the year contenders i think uh, assassin's creed odyssey was one of them this last year and then no way shape or form is that a game of the year contender in my opinion uh so you know that's just one of those things it's hard to say right now but it's a good question i just i wish i knew i think Sekiro might be an interesting one uh it would be interesting to see days gone bounce up and be one more because i just be very proud of ben studio um but i don't necessarily know that that's what they're even going for so i'm gonna hold off for now the biggest thing is i'm gonna say probably an unannounced one or a game that's not dated death stranding because that, that's the biggest thing is do any of those big three hit this year and do they live up to their potential yeah I, if I had to go with what I would say, Death Stranding for me, Last of Us for the industry. This is what I would say, yeah. I, if, if Last of Us hits this year, I fully expect Last of Us to be it. Uh, and for most people. I mean I mean that across the board. Not even a contender. I mean that to be a Game of the Year winner. Just be, And that's going off the pedigree that the first one saw with the number of Game of the Year, uh, Game of the year awards. It's going to be interesting if that does come out this year and the, if it what and, I would have that would fight with that. If It and Ghost both come out, it'd be really interesting to see if Sucker Punch get a Game of the Year recommendation for once. Probably. Uh, around Last of Us Ghost is, of Tsushima. Last of Us is more of a common name. It's too big. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things. Um, all right. Saul, do you want to go ahead and go uh, forward? This is all episode five. So uh, I was going to say, we'll finish up episode, episode I think, four. I think we're there, but let me look real quick. Yeah, that way. Then I guess since you're on Facebook, go ahead and just, we only have one question on Facebook because your boy is slacking yet again. Uh, go ahead and ask that one question. I was just slacking. No, I said you boys. Like the, oh, you the, boys the, slacking. The, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. The you get them in here. Not asking us questions on Facebook like you should be. I think but this I can't blame would have been on, on four. Let me double check. The 10th. February 10th on. No, this would be five. So we have more than one question? Or is that the last question is what you're saying? No, that was the last question. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and lead us into five with that one. All right, this one comes from Mr. Vince, and he says, what things would you like to be fixed first? And this is a little bit delayed because it's on the 27th, but uh, what things would you like to be fixed first with Anthem and or what issues bother you the most? A lot of them have already been fixed. I think me and Saul would agree on that. Having to walk to your javelin was a big issue. I, it, it seemed unnecessary, and I think that they realized that when everybody came to, at them. I'm actually one of those people, I found it odd that they didn't see that from the beta in the demo. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it was just that they didn't have the time to fix it. Who knows? Maybe they did, and it just took that amount of time to fix it. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that was one thing. I think another thing that they already addressed that I would have said something about had it not been uh, is the ability to give a 30 second respawn timer in, in the respawn restricted areas, instead of having it to where you literally have to be revived. Uh, that way you don't have to rely on randoms. If you're just random matchmaking to actually bother pulling you up. Perfect example. I was playing with randoms the other day and uh, I got down and literally one was right there in front of me. Nothing was attacking him. I was far away from everybody, but he wouldn't revive me. He just and he was just standing there, walking around me like yeah. he's gonna do it. And then somebody else flew over and did it. Finally, this is gonna be very similar for me with what we said last episode. Is that I haven't played enough of the game to uh, conform a good enough opinion yet. So I will say though that a lot of the stuff I did have issues with have been fixed. So yeah. as of right now, no complaints for me. 
Yeah. I haven't played the game yet, though. So now, or yet, yeah, I haven't played it since the past four hours. I've already said this one before, and I think Saul would agree with this too. My biggest thing that I want to see them fix is cutting down on load times, uh, and I think that might be really hard to do. But the number one thing is, in the same breath of that, is remove load times to and from the forge. The forge should just be something that when you hit a button, whatever it is, when you're walking around the fort or the um, battle pad, launch pad, whatever it's called, um, that it just comes up just like in destiny that mean, there's nothing special about that. All it does, it could, it should be just like destiny. It should be that you pull up a menu, you hit start or whatever with no load at all. It comes up into a menu the way the game already is, a basic white monochrome background with your character there and the little nodes of where you go around and, and select stuff. That should not need to be behind a load screen and I can't imagine why. The only thing that I can even loosely think might be into it is that whenever you're going to put stuff on and off of your character, in Destiny, you, you have so many slots per thing, like essentially nine slots per area. Whereas this game, when you're in the vault, you have everything that you've ever unlocked in there. Yeah. And that might be the only thing, but that seems weird and unnecessary that it's have to load all that. Even if it means that they introduce an inventory system where you keep nine items in each slot on you that you can quickly access by hitting start. And then you have to go into the forge could or become or the, the forge would become like the vault. Vaults, like you've got yeah. to go in the vault to get those. And then, and then you can equip straight from the vault if you want to, even though right now there's actually boycotts going on about that game. <clears throat> I don't know how true that is because literally... That's very true. It's on the subreddit. Well, no, what I mean by that is I don't know how many people are actively participating in it. Oh, a lot of people. According to them commenting on subreddit, I don't know how... All I'm saying is I played the game at lunch today, tons of people playing. Yeah, I was going to say that. Now, obviously, so, it's not going to shut the game down, but people are trying to take action, and they're, I guess they're trying to do their best. But. And that was due to, to drop rate things. I haven't experienced any problems in the way... And maybe it's You're just, not to end game yet, though, right? Yes, I am. Oh, you are? I'm trophy grinding. Oh. I'm in end game. Yeah, pretty much then. That's I mean, right. I, I, I can play on Grandmaster. I play a little bit on Grand... I, or I'm working on playing on Grandmaster 2. Dang, you're so far than I am. I'm still so, like on the third mission. I'm just... I don't know. It seems weird to me. But maybe it's just because I haven't... I haven't gotten legendary gear yet because I've not been doing things that would normally lend to you because I've been trophy grinding on easy. That makes sense. For the most part because it speeds things up. We'll, uh, we'll start off with Twitter though for episode five and or we'll start back on the Twitter for episode five because that's the only one we have. We have Richard. He says, what do you guys think about the new Samsung Galaxy S10 and the Galaxy Fold? Absolutely love the S10. Uh, S10 Plus to be specific, but I am not going to buy that phone out of pocket. I actually just came into a, like a free Note 9. So like it's, I'm going to get it in a couple of months. That's going to replace this as my daily driver for a while to see which one I like better. But the fold is kind of cool. Not something I'm going to buy. Obviously it's more for those hardcore enthusiasts for phones, but something that's cool nonetheless. Yeah. I agree with Saul. The S 10 plus is actually, I'll say this. It's not the first time Samsung coming back with the S eight doing a lot to make touch a lot better and look better. And the phone looking far different and actually them taking a lot of risk, not something you saw phone doesn't Apple do at the time. The eight looked really cool. And so did the S nine. I think that that was, they were, they realized they needed to do something. And I think they're still realizing that, uh, the S nine, I'm sorry, the S 10, uh, comes stock at launch with the most recent version of Android, Android Pie, which is great. And it's yet to be seen, but it seems like they realize they need to be up to date more. So if that means that they're starting to actually get their updates out and not be literally always one generation of Android behind, 
That'd be great. If they can get to a point where they get an update even three months after the launch, they, that'd be a huge improvement on what they've done. They're yeah. really bad for, and they're just really slow at updating their phones, partially partially because of carrier pushing. So if you get an AT&T version, you have to get worst. it. Carrier yeah. for the for the Samsung. Family. So it's just one of those things. Uh, but the fold going over to that, I think the fold is a really bold idea. And sadly, I think Samsung chose the wrong way to go about it, and that sucks because they should have been the person who did it the best. They do have the benefit of being d- the only outsider right now, and that is that Motorola's making something though. They are what I mean by that them being the outsider of of the three foldable phones that have been announced so far. One's from Xiaomi. And one's from, I think, Huawei, if I, if I remember right. I think so. Uh, and then the, the Samsung Fold. But the Samsung is the only one that does the screen in on... That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a Razer. Yeah, it's that's the same pretty interesting. and everything of the Razer. And that gives you the screen size you'd want. Yep. That's pretty interesting. Uh, but going over into the, the traditional Fold phones that are more towards being a foldable phone that gives you a tablet size screen, screen whenever you fold out, Samsung did it the weird way where, where they put the fold on the inside and the screen that you would want to use as the fold out screen that's big is going to be on the inside and then there's a really small screen on the outside whereas the other two manufacturers did the fold on the outside where essentially when you're holding it the screen wraps around the entire device and you only use one size of the screen until you fold it out and i think that that's a better looking design Uh, it seems to be a better working design it makes it make more sense when you go to hold it because one side keeps a lip that you'd hold and has all your buttons and stuff on it um I think that's sensible, and Samsung's also the most expensive. Samsung will have the best display of them all. I can guarantee you that's true of the S10 as well. They always do. Samsung are killing the, the, the phone screen market with their AMOLEDs, uh, AMOLED, whatever. Uh, they're really beautiful. So I'm excited for it because it's the beginning of something like this. They're all expensive, though. The Samsung Fold's like two grand. The other ones are like thirteen to 1500 something like that. They're very expensive because they're very experimental, and they're not meant to be made in mass, so you're not getting discounts and things like that. This is entirely meant for people who want to get cutting edge and do weird stuff with their phones and are into this. I'm one of those people, but that's still above the typically the budget that I'm willing to give to mess with these things. I would give I would love if we were a tech channel that was able to be to the point where somebody would send me this to even mess with for a week. Yeah, I'd I love would, it. I would love that too. Um, I love phones and stuff. What the mess? Maybe, maybe that's what we need to move into, Saul. Do this podcast and also start doing phone reviews. I would do it. <laughs> Problem is, I think you have to spend a lot of money out of pocket to get to the point where people want to spend, you know, want to send you phones and stuff. So um, since this is going to go up for Patreons a day earlier than uh, um, normal users, so this is going to go up on Thursday. Uh, there is an offer you guys might want to be aware about. You can go to Dell's website and get a 34-inch 4K Alienware monitor for only $813 with HDR. That's actually fair. That's a really good price for HDR. For a 4K. monitor. Yeah. 34 inches. Yeah. HDR and 4K monitors are hard to come by that are that that are somewhat that cheap. For, right. for a, a known brand. Sure. All right. So what's the uh, next question? Next question up, we have our good buddy Matthew Green, and he wants to know... What are your thoughts on the Fallout 76 updates due out? Could it save the game, especially with the rumors that are floating about saying it was going free-to-play? I think now, sadly, the stuff that we saw about free-to-play was just that, rumors, because that has seemed to have fizzled out. And I, It doesn't mean that they don't do it eventually, right, but it wasn't but happening as soon, and that was the craziest In the present part. time, yeah, yeah. In the present time, I don't see it going free-to-play. I will stick to my... Um, my normal opinion on this and I'm still not going to invest time or money into it regardless of the price it costs. Um, 
once they decide to actually fix the game and make it up and running and it's stable for three to four months and it's free, I might invest some time in it with friends if they play. That's the only time I'm going to invest into that, though. I'm not going to pay anything for it. If it does go free to play, I agree. That will be the market in which I start playing it. I didn't love Fallout 4, so I don't see the need to go into another game that's geared towards playing like Fallout 4 did. Um, I beat Fallout 4, but it's it's the only Fallout game that got to the point where as soon as I rolled credits, I was like, I'm so done with this game. Not even that it was bad. It was just mediocre. And that's not what I normally expect from Fallout, and that's unfortunate. But uh, it seems that they move forward with that, so I don't really care for Fallout 76 in a lot of ways. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people who were playing it even fell out of it, some of them to the point where they seem to have regretted it. Um, and, you know, that's unfortunate. I think that to answer the question of will the updates and DLC and whatnot save it, I hope so. But there's already been rumors that the DLC has been delayed once, which is probably for the best. Delay it and make sure it's good before you put out another thing that may not be up to snuff we're seeing it again with anthem even though i don't think to the same severity even though it's getting the same attention for right i'm not gonna say the same attention but it's getting a lot of attention um but it's just even more reason right now we're already in a point where people are upset about An- uh, anthem you don't want to feed more into that and go well, look and Fallout 76 is screwing up again do what you need to do to make sure that it comes out and it works right and it fixes a lot of the issues that people have with the game if they can do that of course they can turn it around, even though it was still a massive success. That's the bigger thing to say. Regardless of what our opinions are on it, it was a massive success for Bethesda, and it continues to be a good enough success. For the most part. For, for What I mean is that they it was enough... It, it's like... You know, if, enough revenue success in the in the. It was the, like a, uh, the comparison for me is like whenever Infinite Warfare still sold less than any Call of Duty had before, but it was still the best selling game of the year. Yeah, it was like, yeah, don't be wrong. It's, it's not success, what they expected. It's a failure in one view, but a success in another. Yes. Uh, so. In the same vein of Anthem, though, and somewhat this question, I do think that since this question might be a little outdated by now. Uh, Sean One Neo says, when are games like Anthem going to learn no one is happy paying full price for a glorified half-baked beta while dripping feeding additional content while expecting us to grime out the game? Not to mention MTs. I'm not too sure. Microtransactions. Okay, gotcha. Weird. I've only ever seen that MTX. So, get threw me off there, Sean. But... Look, that I one think, I think we've spoken enough on because it, I think we we answered that last episode. You know, that technically was... with the whole topic. Yeah, that, uh, that's what I got at. Oh, and, wait. That didn't spur did, the topic. We That did spur the topic. No, that was something I already wanted to talk was about it? prior. Yeah. Um, did we mention that in the topic? Nope. Okay. So, maybe, yeah, Sean, look. I, maybe I, that was just so close to what we... Yeah. Look, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I am curious, and tweet at us and let me know, have you played Anthem? Yeah, or and, have you played it now? Yeah, have you played it at all? And I I, if you haven't, I'm, that doesn't discredit anything you're saying necessarily. But what I'm getting at is, did you play Anthem? Did you play Destiny? Have you played these games that are this style that you think equate to half-baked betas that they're drip-feeding you stuff to? Because what I'll say, and what I essentially said in the other episode, it doesn't mean you have to like Anthem. It doesn't even mean that you have to agree that it's worth $60. But... I don't think it's fair to say that Anthem is a half-baked beta-style game. It has a full story. It's a pretty long story, surprisingly. I mean, don't be wrong. You can roll through it if you just play it. But if you play the game naturally doing a couple of contracts between, it's not really short. Destiny 2 is still far shorter, even though Destiny 2 was longer than Destiny 1. I think that the games have been on an upswing for the most part. And I do think that sometimes expectations are weird for them. These games are games that you can easily put 40 hours into before you ever even grind realistically 
And I don't think that that constitutes a half-baked beta. I think Fallout 76 might have been closer to a half-baked beta when it came out, partially because it didn't want to work either. And I think if Anthem would have launched completely not working from a server standpoint uh, and a bunch of crashes, and depending on who you are, that might be true. I did not have... Ex I, I experienced so far, even after this most recent patch, I've experienced three crashes. None of them hard crashes out to the main menu. Annoying, yes. Enough for me to consider them to be half-baked betas? It's Personally, crazy. no. It's crazy the fact that, though, there has been more problems within the base game than there was within the beta, which is the one disappointing thing for me. Yeah. Because uh, I was actually... Uh, well, I don't know, because my, my, my beta crashed, too. Yeah, but it's the beta crashing, the grinding, now the, the, the load screens, and then the crashing were the two main things, and the frame rate for some people, including me, were things for the beta. There's a lot more problems right now present than there was with that. There's more than three big problems. Well, I mean, what would you consider them to be? The yeah. hard crashing for what is is the one of the biggest things. Hard crashing doesn't happen anymore, apparently. Did they fix that? Yeah, with the most recent update. Okay. Well, see, they, they, and well, it never hard crashed for me before. It was it was apparently pretty everything rare. Everything in the relation, what he's talking about, though, what I'm conveying sure. has been fixed. Yeah, yeah. So the the loot, uh, uh, not the loot. What was it that they fixed with the um, the uh, the drops? The the mm -hmm. drops being completely off. And yeah, unbalanced. and they've already fixed that quickly. Yeah, but, but yeah, that was a and then the banning of players for which this one's kind of like on Bioware themselves and not the game but it's the banning the players for uh the loot um it's not manipulation glitch but it's i guess it kind of is it's not duplication but it's like basically there's a loot cave system akin to destiny one where you could just go in and run in and out and get loot and stuff and get higher chances of masterworks and i've not seen that well but if you participate me, into it you get banned so don't to do me it. that's not ban worthy that is it's manipulating not. a system that they put into the game yeah it's not ban worthy and, and i think you should fix it and and but yeah, you don't ban people for doing something like that. Definitely no. when there was no explicit rule against it. We have two more questions left, and the one is similar in the vein of Anthem. However, does not end with a question about Anthem. He says, "Anthem the game was a drunk purchase last Friday night, but before that impulse buy, I had completely written it off as a possibility. However, I'm enjoying it. I guess that my question is, have you ever been influenced by anything other than your own intentions to buy a game? Who was that?" That was our good buddy Eric M. That's I don't want to say his last name just in case. Yeah, he, uh, that's what I thought. It doesn't. He, want he's a patron. There. We appreciate yes. you, good we, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, I will say though that there is one answer that I know that's the both of us friends. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Multiple friends is definitely games it. across friends. Realistically, that's the division. When we when we me and you exactly. bought the division well, again, you'd already bought it yeah, once. Say, but when we bought it again, I bought that game going in solo. But then I bought. I did buy it twice more after that. Yeah, because uh, of because of the external factor, friends. Me coming back to Destiny Two was primarily friends. driven by when, when, feeling like it wouldn't be a complete waste of money at that point, and friends. When you think about it, like I think that's the only real that's the only real incentive other than myself, really. Yeah, like I, I well, never. And I want to say that I, I've already technically touched on it, and again, not for any judgmental purposes. Nope. I, I just I don't drink, so I got the perfect that wouldn't happen to me. Um, uh, I don't do any kind of drugs, so I wouldn't be under the influence of... So let's just lump that together, though. I wouldn't be inebriated in any form or fashion uh, that would make me buy off, something. Off that but. cheesy bread from Domino's, though. <laughs> I will say, though, the biggest thing that I think a lot of people who played Xbox Last Generation for bought one full-price game to get something that was not worth full price in return. However, they did it anyways. That was buying Crackdown 3, or Crackdown, to get the Halo 3 beta. <laughs> Yeah, that technically is an external force at that point. Because yeah. you're buying... It's something else that influenced me yeah. to buy Crackdown, but it wasn't Crackdown that influenced <laughs> you me. You know what's funny? I bought, for... It was two reasons, but still, the what's the external factor? I bought the Final Fantasy um, Type O remaster. Ugh. Hold on. But partially because I didn't get to play it on PSP, and I was curious as to how it was. 
and then you also got it for PSP, you got right no it, it never came to vita because it was a psp game in japan what only. were you about to say then like what was the bonus you got Final oh, Fantasy 15, 15 episode demo. disguise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's the main reason I got it. I was like, I'm about to play up all on this, son. You could have just waited and like three weeks later, like I did, and played anyways. Did, Who'd did, you fight? In the no, game? it didn't come out way later. Yes, it did. It came out uh, maybe not three weeks, but it yeah, came no, out it was like months, two months later. Months later, because you fought Behemoth in that, right? You talking about the the Final Fantasy Ruby Carb or I don't remember whatever the, the Carbuncle stupid name of this thing. the Carbuncle demo. I don't know. That, that was way Carbuncle later. being in it. Huh? I don't remember Carb. I'm talking about the one where you snuck like there was two of them. You snuck through to fight a behemoth, mm-hmm. and then you did like a city area. Yeah. Okay. That that's not episode of Sky. Is it not? No. That was the Ruby Carbuncle demo that came out what? way later. There's no Carbuncle in that game. Is yeah, there was. And actually, the whole point is that if you beat it, it was like a little, you know, the little fox thing that ran yeah. through. Yeah, it was in there. It was because at all. the end of the demo, you're in the Lucius City that was shown in the trailers, and you're fighting right. a behemoth. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then before that, you shrink down and you're running around a house. Um, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. that's the, So that's Ruby Carbuncle. Because you have like a dream as a kid. Yeah. And you roll through it. Yeah. Okay. That's the so Ruby that's Carbuncle. That's the one I played. Demo. Yeah. I that, that, that was, was way episode later. Disgaea. That was like a year later. Is it Disgaea? Episode, uh, episode Disgaea. Or so Disgaea. D U S C A E A. Disgaea. Probably. Nice. I, don't know. Okay. I don't know. Say our last question of the night comes from our good buddy Sean Wanea once again. I'd like to take a second to thank everybody for asking these questions. They've been fun. But he says, okay, so I've just bought Werewolves Within for PSVR because it was on offer on PSN. Oh, this is a good question. And he's heard good things about it. I spent 20 minutes waiting, but it doesn't seem like anyone is playing, and it requires five people. Minimum. Should I be entitled to a refund? What do you guys think? Absolutely. I think that anybody who plays a video game for less than two hours is entitled to a refund if they don't like the game. It'll never happen. Well, I, I don't I don't know it never. Not in those not in those circumstances. What do you mean? Two, two hours or less. Get any game back. I don't know again, I don't know if never. Maybe a couple of of games that are too short for that to be a thing, but I think that if nothing else, one hour. Right? I think if you can get into a game and you can play for one hour and you can decide that it wasn't what you wanted, just like Steam does. Uh, and Steam, Steam is, is perfect with Steam that. is two hours. Because though, right? like it's about- two hours or less. And uh, and playtime. Not just because you... Yeah, it's you not know. like... It, it's actually timed off of the game. Like you load it into the game. It's not based off of you sitting in a menu. What I like about Steam too is that if you are a serial refunder, they will block you from refunds. Which yeah. is something Sony could easily do. Like they could take people who are taking advantage of it. And then they can make it to where some games aren't refundable. Like, My Name is Mayo. You beat that game in 20 minutes. That exactly. Should be Certain refundable. games have to be yeah. outside of that rule. It also costs a dollar. So, like, you lost a dollar to buy a game where you literally bought a trophy. Like, that's it. Like, that's, you you got it. Yeah. You you, you you bought the game for what it was worth. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, that, like, it'll never happen the way I want it to. Imagine, like, okay, I don't regret buying Anthem, but if there was a chance for me to have refunded that $60 on day one and bought Metro instead and then come back and buy Anthem now, I would have done that. But there's not because I bought it digitally, and it's not that's not an option anywhere you go anyways. Yeah, you if you bought it new, new you can't return yeah. new games. Yeah. So I'd return it at GameStop for forty bucks. I'd lose twenty dollars. Yep. Whereas now I'm just keeping it installed on my hard drive, and I know it's updating as every update comes out. I'm going to yep. jump back into it by the end of this week. However, I don't foresee Sony doing that with refunds for some reason. I don't think that they ha- they've never mentioned anything like that. Uh, the only oh, they. They have actually in a. It was one thing. What it, was that one game? Just it wasn't even one game. It was something that they sent out in a questionnaire to email to certain people. That was a year ago. Who PSN? I know, but all I'm getting at is it has been at least 
hinted that they've thought about it and that they even may still be thinking about it and how to how they want to implement it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Just, all I'm saying is that they, it doesn't seem like it's something that hard to implement. Obviously, I don't know the. I don't think it's Sony system. I don't know that. Have to I have. think it's probably more for legal reasons. But what are the legal reasons? If I can if I can refund Anthem on Steam, mm-hmm. which I know it's not on Steam, it's on the Epic Store. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I, I don't know about that one. Uh, Roll ahead. But I mean, oh no, it'd be on uh, it'd be on Origin or whatever. Oh yeah, it would be. So the hypothetical either way. But like if if I bought Don't Make Cry Five on Steam mm-hmm. and then I bought it on PS Five, like there shouldn't be a legal reason why I can't refund it on PS Five versus Steam okay, unless well, it's an agreement that it's a console game through and, this console store. And I, I don't know for sure, but all I want to get at is. That doesn't make sense it's, to me. I'm not saying it can't happen. Yeah, just, I know. This is just to look at what the competition is doing in this space. Didn't Xbox introduce some form of a return policy? I have never heard of that until now. So you're going to have to fact check that because I, I don't believe so. I do know Nintendo has with the Switch where if you call Nintendo, they give you one free refund and you're and that's it. Like One? One. So just be, just be uh, careful about what you're buying because you get one chance and say uh, I bought Wargroove, I didn't like it, I could refund it. Just give them a call. They'll take the game off my system or they'll lock it or whatever, and they give me my money back. Easy peasy. Uh, Sony, however, like maybe if they even did that like once a quarter where you could have one re- or once a year or one, one, twice a year where you could get two free refunds or one free refund. Um, I'm not really in the position to like complain about like refunds. I don't need a refund. I don't. I didn't like miss my money. But I do understand that there are people who may get deceived into buying something on the PlayStation Store who if who should get their money back on certain things. And I also Fallout seventy six. One of the things we talk people. about. One of the things we talk about is that we are uh, fortunate enough. We're adults with adult income, so I don't have to worry about sixty dollars on a game if I accidentally spent sixty dollars on a game. I, I'm not even going to word it as adult income. I mean, we're fortunate enough to just have disposable income whatever so, it be yeah. uh, to the extent that I don't have to feel that bad about spending $60 I just, on something I hate if I didn't saying, I hate saying stuff like that because I know that there's more I know that there is unfortunate people in this world and I don't like I don't want to seem like bragging or being overly humble whatever it's called like I just I, I, I have a full time job and I pay bills if I lose $60 because of a game was terrible I'm not upset about it. However, that's not to say though, I won't utilize a refund service if I had one to utilize, because then again, it is $60 that I can use on another game. Uh, I do think that though, that's a problem with the way people think and the way that there is no refund system on PlayStation. I do think that that right there was a prime example of me saying that mm-hmm. was like, I bought it. It's okay. I'll just send on my hard drive until it gets updated. That's a problem, problematic way of thinking. No, I agree. And here it is just for the flip side. So Microsoft did uh, in 2017, uh, it looks like April, I think, introduced at least at the time, and it probably has gone outside of that, uh, self-serve refund pilot testing for digital content via the Xbox and Windows Insider programs. And this testing is presently limited to select Insider members because Insider is that thing. like Xbox Insider, yeah. Yeah, exactly. People like got to... the Xbox Inside this past Monday. Yeah. Or pe- Tuesday. People got to try out... Um, backwards compatibility earlier than everybody right. else did yeah. on Xbox. And Honestly, a really cool system that Xbox has that Sony has no like similar system to. Yeah. I, I mean, the beta testing program technically. That's it. But I mean, you're yeah. testing system stability. Um, but anyway, yeah, to give you that sweet, sweet system stability. Um, to, so it's the same thing. It can, be re, it can be refunded in the first 14 days with less than two hours played. So it's, it's identical to Steam. Yeah. So Wait, uh, for 14 days? Yeah. I want to say that's the same. So if you Steam, buy it Steam and don't seven. touch it at all for 14 days and then realize it just you didn't want it, you can return it. 
Uh, and fair enough. What's interesting about this question is that apparently in Australia, because of uh, regulations and laws around there, they have to give you refunds if you want it for anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's Australian. I think Josh that's... is the one who told us about that. And I, I found that to be very interesting because that's so different from our policies here. GameStop here will not take a new game back if it's been unpackaged. Doesn't matter. If Which is ironic because the they cellophane. sell it to you in the new package. Now, I mean, our open package. Yeah. Whenever they put a sticker on there and then say if you break the sticker, I'm like, that's that's BS. If you took the packaging off of you this. You broke the sticker first. I should be paying used price for this then. This should be considered a used product. This is not sealed. This is sealed by a dumb sticker that has way too much sticky crap on it that you put on it. And it's impossible to get off of these cases. See, here's my big problem is that going all digital is the way that the future is going to go eventually. We're going to lose disc formats. We may go cartridge or something. We talked about this before. Yeah. I, so, I, I don't know that we'll ever fully lose physical media. 30 years down the line, there's not going to be disc or auto cartridge or Honestly, something. Honestly, I, I still don't know, man. And it's, I don't, I, there's not going to be disc. There's not going to be cartridges. There's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be all, maybe even modular at that point, which it's weird. You can't predict 20 I years I still don't now. know. It's, it, it, a lot of it depends on how much we as humans prefer it already shows that people would prefer to stream a show they own on DVD. Shows are way different. Now, I, I mean, it's, it goes that with movies, everything. I know it's different than games. I get what you're saying, but games. look, th- here's the same thing, right? You could easily argue that, okay, well, if streaming becomes uh, to the point where you don't notice any input lag at all, then everybody just thinks that we would, we'd immediately go towards a streaming future. But the thing is, there will always be a point in time where... Even 30 years from now, people it's still always going to be more powerful to have something that's doing local processing of that information and putting it out there. Uh, side now, by side, always. Without a doubt, there will be local processing power versus always has cloud to, Always has to be better than cloud, yeah. It will, it, all, it will, not, it will not always has to be. It always will be. That's what I'm saying. It, it, well, yeah, it will be, but that's because it has to be by the nature of what it is. You, I mean, well, it kind of depends, though, because when you get super into that, you could say that there is your you're pulling from a system in the cloud that's like dual 1080 Ti's, 11 gigabytes versus one 1080 Ti. You actually may see yeah, a but artifact there. that comes from internet is always going to be. Yeah, the, I was going to say you'll yeah. see the difference in the system spec, but you'll you, you'll see the biggest difference in internet connection. Exactly, specs. and the other side of that still comes down to the the fact that. There's plenty of places in the world that don't have PS Now right now because of the fact that their internet uh, infrastructure is not ready for it uh, and may never be ready for it. You just don't know. But they do still sell gaming stuff there. So that's another thing is there will be parts of the globe that are going to – that PlayStation right now actually services and gets a lot of sales You know that Xbox doesn't get because Xbox doesn't have the ability to um, – in places that don't even have strong internet. So I think in, if you go towards that, those places will always have to have some kind of a physical media, be it disc, cartridge, whatever it is that it turns into. So we've had that conversation a number of times. But look, I agree with Saul. Re- realistically speaking, you didn't get to play, you you didn't play two hours of it, you should be able to get it there. To go even further though, within what their return policy is right now, I mean, well, their return policy still says no technically, but I think you might've been able to, if you would've called and pressed early on right if you did it, you might've been able to get a refund because here's my thing. If the if a game lives or breathes, or lives or dies off of whether or not you can actually play it online because it requires other people to play, and you buy it and nobody and the plays servers it. are closed or something like that it should it should be it should have in legally my opinion, required it should have been pulled or it should have, or it should have the stipulation where if you buy it because it's still up for people who randomly just want to play it because they haven't closed the servers yet it should be mentioned in there that hey 
if you get on and there's nobody playing and you want a refund, bam, you can get a refund. I just don't think it's a ridic- ridiculous ask, even more so from Saul's. I don't think it's a ridiculous ask to say that if I didn't play two hours of it and found that I didn't enjoy it within a certain, you know, circumstances. Threshold. Yeah, uh, you know, certain games that have to be outside of that. But I already think that's not ridiculous, but it's even more, it's even more ridiculous for someone to say no when you literally play the game for 20 minutes, found that literally you couldn't matchmake in that entire 20 minutes. You should get your money back. Yeah. So good question. But, and it spurred a lot about, you know, other stuff um, in, in terms of where the industry is growing in a number of ways. But I agree with Saul. The maximum solution to this, the end goal for this should be a, a system that within reason you can return a game if you've not played it at all within 14 days, just like Xbox is doing. And if you played Steam, less than two hours. Of and it. Nintendo technically allowing you up to that one free refund. That could be your one free re- refund, Sean. So I think it's. It should be required to a, a minimum, and that, I think, is the minimum for him, is that there's nobody playing it online. It's a game that's still on the store being supported by the by Sony. That and, sounds like it might need to have the server closed if nobody's playing yeah, it. Yeah, you know? and it's still up there that costs money, and it requires a matchmaking limit, which is also the dev's fault. Like, why do you need five people to play? And there's... I think that this is one of those VR games. It's like a boardroom type game, like oh, okay. where that you play sense. it. I but, forgot it was VR, yeah. And it was whatever werewolf. I think it's one of those werewolf things where every, everybody has a role, probably, and, and it can't skip turns. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But why not just make an AI version so you can still play the game? Yeah, I but mean, you know then, that's on the dev at that point. Again, so if you have to have matchmaking, they should let you return it. But probably too late now since when you asked this question. But thank you all for tuning in to episode four and five of Rita Mail. Remember <laughs> that you guys can always ask us questions every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Twitter and on Facebook. And, and on if, Patreon. I put it on there on Mondays, to be fair. If you let me finish, I would tell you that. But uh, don't forget YouTube. So sorry. The YouTube comments. If you have a YouTube account and you watch our videos on YouTube, or uh, even if you listen to us on a podcast service and uh, that's the only kind of account you have, uh, feel free to comment down in any YouTube video that we have uh, that's current, you know, like like within the past two or three weeks, and uh, post a comment asking us a question, and we'll uh, heart the comment and uh, answer the question on the next reader mail. So um, for all Patreon users, uh, subscribers, we'll see you guys in two weeks. And for all uh, everybody else, we'll see you guys on uh, Monday for, or technically that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't know where Saul went with that. But I don't that's know where okay. I'm going that's with that either. I'm hungry. I just put an order for pizza, so we're going to go eat. So thank you guys. <laughs> all right. See you guys.